Welcome to Resilient Forward, a podcast created by Bagay Group to educate the public and promote solutions to Florida's most challenging environmental issues. I'm your host, Irela Bagay. I've been a longtime advocate of the environment and the economy. I invite you to join me as we showcase resilient solutions, feature innovative strategies, products, and services from prominent members of the business community, including industry leaders, advocates, and elected officials all engaged in developing and implementing resilient solutions in their community. Well, we're honored to have the opportunity to have a conversation with Carlos Castillo, who is the Associate Administrator for Resilience for FEMA, which is the Federal Emergency Management Agency of the United States of America. So we're really lucky to have you, particularly during hurricane season to have a conversation. But just a little bit about Carlos. Um, he has over 35 years of emergency and disaster management leadership experience at the local, national, and international levels. And he's led the American Red Cross, where he was responsible for mobilizing the South Florida community to prepare for, respond to, and recover from emergencies. And he's also served as a former director of the emergency management department for Miami-Dade County, and prior to that, he served as an assistant fire chief. So you are a well, well-rounded uh, disaster master. That's right. Can't, can't stay away from it. <laughs> so, so talk to me a little bit about this resilience office within sure. FEMA, because that's sure. that's great that you know FEMA's really looking proactively. So uh, about a little over a year ago, uh, the administrator of FEMA at the time said, you know, we we should do something to look at how we approach the whole topic of resilience. And resilience was formed as an area of FEMA that brings together basically everything that involves, everything we do and others involve, do before something happens. So resilience is made up of four distinct areas, mm -hmm. the National Preparedness Directorate, the, the National uh, Grants and Grants Programs Directorate, in other words, the, the grants that we provide state and local and tribal territorial entities right. before. Um, it involves a national continuity programs. So part, in part how uh, the executive branch, you know, ensures business or either business continuity of continuity of operations and um, continuity of government. And then finally, the Federal Insurance and Mitigation Administration, better known as FINA. So it, we felt that bringing all those together gets us more able to focus our, our efforts more uh, more succinctly so right. we've we, we've we are about to adopt an official definition of what disaster resilience is it'll be um, it'll, it'll be based on the NIST the National Institute for Standards and Training definition but if you look at it at its basic level resilience means how well you can take a punch of In course other words you you can you take it can you keep going and, and recover from it. And recover, correct, correct. So that's what that involves. Well, that's great. I mean, um, as you know, we're smack in the middle. Well, we're just beginning from hurricane season, but it goes through um, till November, yes. at the end of November, actually. So, um, you know, as Florida actually prepares for another season, um, what tools and programs does FEMA offer individuals to help them get ready for it, that next storm? So, you know, at FEMA, our... our when it comes down to our basic mission is helping people before, during, and after right. disasters and emergencies. So there's a lot we do with the, the community, so individuals, but there's also a lot we do that we focus on helping 
state and local and, and tro tribal and territorial governments prepare. So as far as individuals, we have a lot of information that, that we put out, that we distribute, and that people can access. And it's a lot of it is based out of ready.gov. It's our website. There's also listo.gov, which is in Listo Spanish. Listo.gov in, in Spanish. Right. But right. <laughs> in, in, in Spanish, that's, you know, it's available in Spanish and English. Um, and ready.gov is where you can access a lot of the information that we have that's free. You know, one thing that uh, we found that we've seen the importance of people preparing financially. Right. Right. So financial preparedness for disasters. You know, we, there was a study by the Department of Labor that showed that in the U.S., 40% of the U.S. population can't afford an unanticipated $400 expense. Wow. And that's whether it's an emergency or your car breaking down 40%. Right, so, so we're not just talking important. about taking money out of the ATM before a storm. Correct, we're talking about being able to, to, to afford that. Um, so we want to help people prepare financially. You know, one of the, the, the most effective ways to prepare, especially one of the best indicators of effective recovery is to have insurance. Right. And that, you know, in, in South Florida or anywhere else, it's knowing what your risks are, being insured for it, because FEMA, contrary to what some people believe, FEMA isn't meant to make you whole. Right. After disaster, if you lose everything, we're limited by law to how much we can. Of course, there's parameters, you know, right. and there's certain amounts that you're allowed to give per situation or per, per, per person. And, and very few people receive the maximum. So, right. But you're better off with insurance. Of course. and But, you know... And there's different types of insurance because there's a lot of people that have a coverage for their for their structure, but they don't realize that they need uh, insurance for the content. Correct. So that's you know that, that's very important for people to understand. And for flood. And for flood too. Because you know I mean, you if you live, we tell people if you live where it can rain, you live where it can flood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah? And Absolutely. And and you know in Florida, I think everyone should have flood insurance. I mean, after yeah. what we've seen, Absolutely. you know, and, and we keep seeing in other parts of the, the country, I mean, it's just devastating all over the place. Out of the roughly 5 million flood policies, uh, uh, the majority of them are in Florida. So, you know, that's good news. People realize and right. they see the benefit and the importance of right. having it, but not everybody's covered. That's true. That's true. And not everybody can afford to be covered, which Correct. is the other, yes. you know, sad part of it. So, Carlos, after... Hurricane Irma in, you know, Florida, you know, really realized, you know, how important uh, business continuity is because there were a lot of people without Wi-Fi, without Internet access. You couldn't go to the ATM. I mean, literally, there was no communication for a few, you know, like a week or so. Mm -hmm. um, and that was that was critical, you know, for business continuity. Um, what what does FEMA provide businesses to help them bounce back? And, you know, I mean, I just mentioned technology as one element, but there's so many. So there's, you know, having a business continuity plan is key. And that's not just for major corporations because, you know, the large majority of businesses are small businesses and many don't reopen. If they have to close during a disaster, many don't reopen. There's several things that we do. And, you know, and I'd actually, if, if you think back, because you and I have known each other for a long time. I know. We go way back. Time. We go way you back. You know, the 2004-2005 the hurricane That's season, true. there's also issues with that. But a lot of places like the super large supermarkets, they had generator power. They didn't miss a beat. Right. You know, so they could keep going. 
And that's what we want. We, FEMA doesn't want to have to come in and provide food and water and ice right. because, you know, one, we're not the first responders, right? right? And two, what does injecting all this free stuff into an economy do to the local economy? Right. You know, in the past, you've seen places where, you know, somebody's handing out free ice in front of a, a supermarket that's open and you can sell ice. <laughs> and can sell so, ice, yeah, correct. so it kind so, of defeats so the purpose. We want businesses to be able to continue what they do. You know, you buy your groceries from a, from wherever you buy your groceries. You don't buy them from FEMA, right? right? So grocery stores, it's what they do. Why not keep them in business? The same with gas stations, you know. Everything that you need, prioritize. Mm -hmm. So if you have a business, there's a process. So we provide, we, we're just one at FEMA, one of the agencies that, that provide assistance with that. Sure. Your local emergency management agency can do that. It's basically continuity of operations. Business continuity is how, how are you going to stay in business? How are you going to ensure that you take, say you, you have a business maybe located in a hurricane prone area, but your customers are outside the area. They're not going to care that there's a disaster here, right? They want right whatever it is right like let's for. say you're, you're you know you, you ship outside of the state you know you have a product right. that you ship out or you're exactly. selling on ebay or whatever that's that's also a big hit right exactly <laughs> and, and they, they you know they don't know that there's a disaster they might know but right. you know they want their stuff right so there's yeah there's that and i'm glad you mentioned the previous storms because we learn after every storm right mm -hmm. and so back then you know again generators you know were put into our policies here mm -hmm. at, at least in florida sure particularly with gas stations because yes. because of what we've learned in the past. Sure. So I think we learn every, every after every storm we get better at and, it. And I'm you know I'm proud of the South Florida community. Wherever I go, I see that you know South Florida is a leader in a lot of the things that we do here that, that is done here in terms of planning and preparedness that a lot of other places just aren't. I know and I'm glad you we're going to segue into Miami-Dade County because you know, we've been the model for wind resilience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, after Hurricane Andrew, as you know, it was devastating, and, and we realized that building stronger, you know, sure. for for wind events is is critical to you know bouncing back and even like you know surviving mm -hmm. a storm. So we saw what happened uh, with Hurricane Michael in the Panhandle recently, and so which was devastating. It was it reminded me a lot of Hurricane Andrew mm -hmm. and what happened, sure. and and clearly you saw there was one one standing home that was built very strong and is the only home that stood. Mm -hmm. And so with that, um, you know, does FEMA support stronger building codes? Is, is this something that the agency is, is pushing for or at least supports or, you know, do you, do, does a community fare better with FEMA if you have a, a better building code? I think that the community fares better generally throughout with, with stronger, with better building codes. And we definitely, at FEMA, support that. You know, they, they, it's okay that they're developed locally if they should follow the, the standard, but you know, you can build to higher than that, like South Florida did for right. the longest time, had the, the toughest and the second strictest building code in the, in the world, you know, and, and still is, I think that's, Andrew, believe it or not, could have been a lot worse even right. had we not. So strong building codes is, is key. And as a matter of fact, there's a, a video. This was uh, um, through ready.gov that, mm -hmm. that people can access. There's a video that explains the importance of, of strong building codes. And as a matter of fact, we're invested in that in Puerto Rico. So we funded 
uh, as they go to rebuild their fallen Maria, um, that they can build back stronger, taking mitigation into account. So we funded for them to be able to hire building inspectors because they didn't have enough for all the building that, that's coming now. Right, and that's, that's great that you're providing that kind of assistance, particularly to the people of Puerto Rico. Um, on that note, how is recovery moving in Puerto Rico? And, and I, I'm hearing a lot that there's a lot of innovation and a lot of you know, out-of-the-box thinking and, and, and in rebuilding um, Puerto Rico to better to better than what it was. Sure. You know, it, recovery takes a long time. And, and we're at FEMA, we're there for the long haul. You know, we'll be there as long as it takes. Uh, we've, we pr currently have about 3,000 employees in Puerto Rico. More than 2,000 of them were local hires. So, wow, you know, which is great. Way, so you're giving back to the correct, community. Correct, and, and helping them. Um, and they know what, what the needs are better than anyone else. So, um, it, you know, it, it takes a long time. They are, we're supporting them trying new things and that we're supporting um, that they build, that they incorporate mitigation into the rebuilding. So of course. Why, the whole point is to avoid another Maria. You know, if the wind comes blowing as strong as Maria did, doesn't mean it has to, to bring down buildings or do the, cause the effect that uh, Maria did. I mean, it's still going to, you know, cause... It, it'll it, cause it's, some damage, it's, it's but there's a lot damage. of things right. that, that can be built stronger, stronger that, you know, it was, it, it, it's, it, we've seen the benefit of it. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And, and yeah, so it, it's going to be a nice um, test case for, for, you, for you guys. Because you know, if you think about it, you know, it's an unfortunate thing that this happened, right? But if you look at it as an opportunity to say, well, we're not going to let this happen again. And this mm -hmm. has, it, it comes from Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans that say, you know, we're not going to let this happen again. We're going to build back stronger, smarter, and we'll have funding to do it. Yeah. So it's an opportunity to redesign it. Yeah, and it's a very unique community. I love Puerto Rico. Yes. I mean, yeah. my son is half Puerto Rican. So, yeah, 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 yeah. so, so and, and the people there are very united. And that's, that's, you know, and that's what we saw here in South Florida after Andrew. So, you know, there's always opportunity after every after every challenge. Sure, sure. Um, now, does does the federal government also provide um, resources and assistance during, I guess, before a disaster like mitigation you just mentioned? Um, are there grants and, and what type of grants and, and, and what type of um, recipients would these be? Would they be cities, local governments, individuals, businesses? So what um, we have several things that, several ways that we provide grants. We have some Homeland Security grants and that, that primarily goes to um, first responder agencies, you know, police, fire, sure. um, you know, things like that. Um, <clears throat> we also provide mitigation grants and sometimes those come after disaster. So when you're rebuilding, there's some funding that comes uh, typically to state and local governments, right, for rebuilding infrastructure. Right. But now, just this past uh, year, last October in 2018, uh, Congress passed and the President signed into law the Disaster Recovery Reform Act. And this came on the heels of the 2017-2018 disaster season. Right. Um, it really, it made, it's transformational, some of the, 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 the provisions in there the key one that we look at is something we're, we're terming BRIC, the, the Building Resilient Infrastructure and Communities. This provides funding to lo state, local, tribal, and territorial governments before something happens for infrastructure projects. And it's based on 
essentially 6% of the how much was spent the previous year in disaster. So there, that means there's a lot of money available to, to, for entities you know, to, to help build stronger infrastructure before it fails. So give me an example of like what type of infrastructure for, you know. You know, everything from, you know, make, having stronger um, city administration buildings, um, bridges, you know, um, seawalls, you know, things that are going to, that, that will mitigate some of what what is expected. Water, water, water plants. I mean, that and was so, a big, that was, was a big a, deal. Yes, it was. And you know, it, 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 it's, it's relatively open. The criteria is being developed. Mm -hmm. But it's it's going to be open. It has to have enough latitude because Miami Dade is not the same as Houston, of course, or as um, you know Iowa, who had the, where they had flooding. You know, it's different different risks. But um, it has to be open enough so that when you provide that proposals for funding, that it's 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 rated and it's it's given that that importance. So. I think we're, you know we're real excited about brick and, and some of the other provisions as well. And are, are the grants are, are the grants open right now? I mean, when no, when the brick the brick program hasn't taken effect yet. Oh, okay. It'll it'll be in 2020, which is next year. There's a legacy program called PDM, pre-disaster mitigation, mm -hmm. that is out there that that is also for the same types of things. The problem is that there there had never been enough money. I, I think right now there's maybe. $200 million available. Mm -hmm. And if you're thinking about the entire country, that really doesn't go as far. So in this case, the the, the federal government, the administration, current administration, and, and the president and Congress obviously agree that, yes. you know, investing in mitigation, you know, before things happen, is, is there's a good return on investment there. Absolutely. As a matter of fact, FEMA funded a study that was first conducted in, in 2005. And in 2005, it, said, it showed that Every dollar invested in mitigation before disaster resulted in a $4 savings to the federal government. The, the, the study was updated. They looked at more areas, and now they found, it was, it was updated last year, they found that every dollar invested is now equals $6 savings. So a, a one to six, um, $6 savings per dollar invested in mitigation is, is something that, you know, to take into account. Of course. That, you know why not? You know it's you. You end up saving so much money, and and one thing that it doesn't take into account is the the, you know the lives saved and the suffering prevented. You know this is just the material things right. that helps with, but it also goes to, to well, of course, reason. human life and everything else. Absolutely. I mean, I, and I mentioned water plants because we saw what happened in Puerto Rico too. Mm -hmm. When you know, you have to have that source of of, sure. of life. Sure. Sure. <laughs> you know, yeah. and and then it goes. Down, it goes to to your point about you know human life, mm -hmm. which is the most critical asset right. that we have. Yeah. Capture for me what we can do now, like like the top things that we should be doing. We being individuals um, to prepare for the season. So I'd say uh, there are four things that, that we tell people. Part what we've seen or has been reinforced lately, right? So one is know your risk. You know, know if you live in an evacuation zone when you would have to leave you know not everybody in south florida has to has to evacuate right. when there's a storm coming right so know your risks two is be financially prepared so if you know that you know you have insurance make sure it's up to date if you don't have flood insurance you should go now because it takes 30 days to take effect so as soon as you listen to the podcast run out and call your insurance company <laughs> yeah you know it, it's and it's 
um, whether or not you live in a, in a, a special flood zone, because the truth is, if if it rains where you live, it can flood. And honestly, it's not that much of an increase in your in your insurance. Rate. It's not, and and it's worth it in the end. Of you course. Know? And then um, it, it, renters insurance, you know, that's relatively inexpensive. But you know, if you're living in a in an apartment building, they're not going to cover the contents, you know. So right. unless you have right. insurance, but you're not going to cover your furniture, your Correct. TV, your electronics. Your belongings. Yeah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so third is to have a plan, and that means it doesn't have to be an elaborate written plan. It means knowing what you and your family would do in case of a hurricane, right. how you would prepare, what you need to have, what phone numbers you need, you know, what papers you need, all that. We provide a lot of assistance for that both on ready.gov or there's a FEMA app that you can download, you can reach it from oh, ready.gov. Uh, and on both, uh, both English and Spanish and both Apple and Android. So third is get a plan or make a plan. And lastly is to stay informed, you mm-hmm. know, um, through podcasts like this, through social media, you know, there's no excuse for not knowing what's going on. I know, and, and it's funny that you mentioned evacuation zones because Irma was a great dress rehearsal for everybody sure. here in South Florida because, I mean, that storm kind of like, you know, made moves everywhere, <laughs> all over the state. And, and I was here during that, and, 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 and it was scary. It was scary because people first were very confused with the evacuation zones, and some people that were not to, didn't need to evacuate were trying to evacuate, and it, so it was a little... A little messy, but we learned from that too. Mm-hmm. And I think now everybody knows wh- what evacuation zone they're in, and also what storm surge means. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, it takes something happening for people to know. But we do, you know, South Florida is a very aware community. Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm sure. But and you travel pretty much all over the country, right? For for FEMA, and you know, you probably see different types of disasters. Like we mm-hmm. we we saw the the devastation of fires. Sure. You know, I mean, right. it, it doesn't really have it's you know it doesn't really have to be a hurricane or a major you know wet storm. It, it could right. also be you know a fire. Fire. We we've seen tornadoes recently. Yes. You know, yes. With deaths from that, and just there's been I heard somewhere ever since. Mid-May, there have been over 700 uh, uh, tornado warnings out in different parts of the country. I mean, it's been crazy. I know, I know. And so the key message is be prepared. Know your risk, be prepared. Know your risk, be prepared, and go to ready.gov. Correct. Carlos, we always end our podcast with the same question for every guest. And the question is, what does resilience mean to you? So resilience to me is... Um, being able to continue to do what you do when there's not a disruption. So it means, you know, as a definition, like how well you can take a punch. In other words, the wind might blow and there's your punch, but it doesn't have to make it a disaster. It doesn't have to knock you out. Great. It doesn't have to knock you out. You know, thanks so much. You've been such a great member of our community, so committed and always helping everyone. And and really, you've been a a champion in education, really getting people to pay attention and to be ready. And we really appreciate that. And we really appreciate you joining our podcast. Yeah, well, Um, and that's what it's about. And you've always done a lot for the community as well. So I think um, having this podcast is another way of getting that information. That was great. Well, so thank pleasure. you so much. And, and again, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch and, and hopefully we can um, talk about the mitigation grants once mm-hmm. they kick off next year. Absolutely. It should be very exciting for right. many communities. Absolutely. My thank pleasure. you so much. Thank you.
for joining us on this episode of Resilient Forward. You can listen to other podcasts at resilientforward.com and follow us on Twitter at ResilientFWD. If you're interested in sponsoring our show or know someone who we should feature, please contact us. Remember, our environment is our economy.